So when you're a child, you don't really know how to express yourself. You don't really know how to say things. So there's certain things that you'll do or say that you may not necessarily mean. So by the time I was 14, I was like off the Richter scale. Like I was explosive. I was cursing out everyone. I didn't have a care in the world. There was a rumor that started about me at 14 that I was pregnant. And at that time, I wasn't even having sex yet. So the fact that that rumor was started just made me feel like these people were against me instead of trying to help me. Oh, that's a nasty age. I mean, you know what? 13, our hormones are going crazy. Our bodies are changing. And to throw something like that into the mix. Um, and you know what? I can so relate to that, Nova Kane, because I lost my dad when I was six. I think I told you this. Yeah. Yeah. We talked. And um, that definitely changed the dynamics in my family when my dad died. Um, but I didn't actually notice it as probably as soon as you did, because I was maybe a bit younger at that age. But of course, it w- there was something you noticed. But when I was around, uh, how old was I? I think I was like 14 or 15 when my mom remarried. Mm. And that's a nasty age for a parent to marry. I have to say. <laughs> it I is. have to say. It's it a nasty is. age for a parent to get married. And I always feel like she waited for us to grow up. And I say this in inverted commas because a teenager, I am not stressing this enough. A teenager is it's not a fucking grown up. No. <laughs> at all. Not at all. Period. Welcome back to Refreshingly Human with your host, Hannah Pillow. Yes, we've tried name Breakthrough this for a little while, but I it did not resonate with me, and I'm sure it probably didn't resonate with you out there either, because I am all about being Refreshingly Human. That is the brand, that is what we're about, um, and we are here to help you free yourself to be yourself in any social situation. Today, I have the most interesting guest. Her name is Nova Kane. She is the co-host of the BK Spades podcast. She is a mental health advocate, and she really is. Her experience is just amazing, and she's also a cannabis enthusiast, so that's interesting. Uh, So yes, I'm so excited to speak to her. We're going to deep dive into our experiences of being the black sheep of the family or being made to feel like the black sheep of the family. Uh, And Nova Kane and I have just so much in common. Our stories entangle so much. But as she is the guest, we're going to be mainly focusing on her story today. So let's get into it. Nova Kane, why don't you start us off with your story? What was your dynamics with your family like growing up? And from, from when can you actually remember? Actually, my earliest memory is being potty trained. So my mom potty trained me like at like 13 months or something. And I can remember that. Nice. So those are like my earliest memories. Um, And then I can remember like the daycare before preschool. So before pre-K, I remember going to daycare. And I remember pre-K pretty, pretty much vividly, not vividly like every day, but I remember a lot of things at that age. I love that. So for me and my family, um, there's this thing, and I'm pretty sure it's all over the world, where people have pretty much 
more than just one family. So, like, they'll have their mom's side and their father's side. So, my mom and my dad were never married, um, but they were together for X amount of years. Uh, When they broke up, we didn't really feel much of the issue with their breakup, but I do know for a fact that I saw our family dynamic change. And for my mom's side of the family, we were pretty, I'm not going to say like super close knit, but I knew that we were solid. So I knew that I could call on them if I need help. Even to this day, I could call on them if I need help. If I just need to hang out with someone, I could call a cousin, uh, auntie, an uncle. I could just call and just be able to have that security that I am okay with that. Is that, so Whereas, is that your mom's side? Yeah, my mom's side. Okay. Whereas my father's side, I kind of feel a little shaky with a lot of relationships with people on that side. And the reason is because when I was a teenager, there was a lot of drama going on. And the reason why there was a lot of drama is because, I, like I said, I was very aware of our family dynamic changing at a young age. I was probably like 10. So when you're a child... You don't really know how to express yourself. You don't really know how to say things. So there's certain things that you'll do or say that you may not necessarily mean. So by the time I was 14, I was like off the Richter scale. Like I was explosive. I was cursing out everyone. I didn't have a care in the world. There was a rumor that started about me at 14 that I was pregnant. And... At that time, I wasn't even having sex yet. So the fact that that rumor was started just made me feel like these people were against me instead of trying to help me. And the worst part about the rumor is that when we heard about it, it came from a neighbor of my father. It didn't even come from my father. It came from a neighbor. But people in my family knew about it and things like that and Um, And that was pretty much the strain of my relationship with my father's side. And then when he wasn't in my life and my little brother's life as well, when he wasn't in our life, I pretty much felt like everyone else weren't in our life. Like no phone calls, no check-ins, no invites to family functions. It was just like, you know... I was just tossed to the side. We we were just tossed mm-hmm. to the side until Facebook became a thing. So when Facebook became a thing, that's when connections, some connections were kind of made because I'm posting crazy things, you know, jokes, memes, whatever, whatever, whatever. And every now and again, I would post, you know, my thoughts on things. So that probably still put a strain on relationships with the family but at the same time it's my truth i'm not going to hide my truth at all <laughs> love it wow you know what novocaine i have to tell you i think we have so much in common seriously <laughs> we're kindred spirits we're we kindred have spirits. so much in common from what you just said i can like i feel like you lived a par- parallel life of mine in some way or the other um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, let's just talk about that for a little bit. So you said that your mom and dad never married, uh, and yeah. they had a they had a breakup. And I'm guessing it was not the like the breakup itself was okay, but the effects of that was really yeah. bad. 
The okay. effects of it was really bad for, and it wasn't like off How- the bat really bad. Like up until, it was it was different. The dynamic definitely changed, but like my father still at least did something. Like okay, they'll take us out to the zoo, or we'll ride on the metro, or they'll take us downtown to look at buildings, whatever. As a child, you don't he was care. there. He was yeah, there. he was there. Somehow. As long as he yeah. exactly, as long Got as he you. was there. Up until my father got married, that's really where it literally was a switch. Like, uh, oh, month, maybe six months, maybe six months before he got married, he was pretty much still really active in our lives. Mm, and as soon as he got married, everything changed. That everything hurts. Changed. That must have hurt yeah. so hard. And how old were you when he married? Uh, Thirteen. Oh, that's a nasty age. I mean, you know what? 13, our hormones are going crazy. Our bodies are changing. And to throw something like that into the mix. um, And you know what? I can so relate to that, Novocaine, because I lost my dad when I was six. I think I told you this. Yeah. Yeah. We talked. And um, that definitely changed the dynamics in my family when my dad died. Um, but I didn't actually notice it as probably as soon as you did, because I was maybe a bit younger at that age. But of course, it w- there was something you noticed. But when I was around, uh, how old was I? I think I was like 14 or 15 when my mom remarried. Mm. And that's a nasty age for a parent to marry. I have to say, <laughs> I is. have to say, it's it a is. nasty age for a parent to get married. And I always feel like she waited for us to grow up. And I say this in inverted commas because a teenager, I am not stressing this enough, a teenager is not a fucking grown up. No. At all. (laughs) Not at all. Period. Not at all. In her head, she waited for us to grow up so she could get married. It's like, that was the fucking stupidest time. I kind of feel like had she did it when y'all were a little bit younger, it probably wouldn't have been that bad. No, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have. And we needed the balance in the house when we were younger. But when we were older, we were all used to the vibe. The house was ours. Mm -hmm. It was our space. And then you bring the stranger in. And you don't just bring him into your fucking life. You're bringing him and they forced us to call him dad. And strangers (laughs) were like, strangers were like, how's your dad? And I'm like, my dad's dad. Ain't my daddy. Like I was like, my dad's dead. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? How he doing? Let me go get this bag on. Me- Let me do a seance. Or yeah, you want me to take you to his gravesite? Like, <laughs> come on! <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, girl, I I feel you. But I I think like for you having both your parents alive and having a parent make that choice to to cut off an entire family. Yeah. It's just, it speaks volumes. It speaks yeah. volumes. And what's crazy is, like, me and my brother are the youngest of nine. So my father has nine children. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. So how many siblings, okay, so how many siblings from your mom and dad? From my mom and dad together? Just yeah. one. Just you? Well, oh, well you one and sibling. a sibling. One sibling. Yeah, one. me and a sibling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me okay. and my younger brother. That's It's just us two. And then- So my mom... You heard that. My mom <laughs> my mom was previously married, like before I existed, of course, and she got divorced. Okay. So with in her marriage she had three sons. And my brother that's closest to me in my in age, we're like seven years apart, uh-huh. if I'm not mistaken. So then she met my dad, they got together, love, blah, blah, blah. I came along. Then my brother. 
but I need a map. <laughs> <laughs> it's facts because it's a, it's a lot of us because my mom has five children all together and my dad has nine children all together. Girl, so you, the- you were like, at the beginning, you were like, I think it's normal for all families. We have the dad's side and the mom's side. You got the dad's side, the mom's side, the X side, the Y side. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's a literal dad side because it's like, I don't call my I don't call any of my siblings my half siblings just because we only share one parent. But like, I do say like on my dad's side or on my mom's side, you know, but I don't call them half siblings mm-hmm. at all. I get um, you. I have a, a half half brother, but I'll I'll never refer to him as that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because I mean, they're a he's whole my brother. Person. He's my brother. Yeah, right? I, love, I love that little. <laughs> but um, the reason why it was so hard when he had got married was because we were we weren't stable at all. Like we were struggling with homelessness. Um, we were pretty much homeless for like a whole year. Yeah. And we were, like, going back and forth from, like, place to place until we could get stable. So it was a lot going on. And then puberty. Like, <laughs> that that wasn't easy to take in. So um, that was pretty much why it was so hard. And then, like I said, I have older siblings on my father's side. My closest sibling on my father's side in age is 13 years older than me, if I'm not mistaken. So that's a huge age gap. Mm-hmm. But, like... When we were going through everything that we were going through, I just felt like no one cared. Like, mm. like I said, no one would check up on us. Um, no one would reach out. And at the time, we were just children. So now I have Facebook to express myself. So all you see on Facebook is like, fuck these people. Family ain't shit, you know, and they're trash and blah, blah, blah. Because that was my truth. That's how I felt because I pretty much felt like I was left behind. How old were you at this time? By that time, I was like 16, 17. Mm -hmm. So I I just want to like just stop for a second and analyze this a little bit, right? So you said that when you were 14, you started getting like, I'm going to, I'm going to use the word abuse here, like abuse from your community and your cult, your society and family, maybe. Yeah. Um, that you were acting out. And I just want to put a pencil in that because we do this to teenagers and we do this to teenagers who are suffering because I know the same thing happened to me. We do this to teenagers who are hurting, who are suffering and who are trying to heal is we turn on them and we make them the bad guy and they are mm-hmm. not the fucking bad guy. What is a teenager who has so much to process, you know, homelessness, your dad getting remarried, um, your dad cutting you guys out of your life, out of his mm-hmm. life, so much to process. Plus, you got fucking boobies growing and right? hair growing and, you know, you got shit going on, hormones, man. Hormones is on <laughs> a thousand. Like, right? What the fuck did your society expect you to do if not act out against exactly. all of this? You know, we should be having sympathy for people in these situations, you know? Very, very um, true. I, I was listening to a podcast about the teenage mind. And if you actually understand how the teenage mind is not fully formed and how they actually think and how they react to things, they fucking wear their hearts on their sleeves, mm-hmm. you know? If you can understand and sympathize with that, plus take into account all the things happening in that person's life, 
you would not be so quick to go and create these rumors that oh she's I pregnant agree. oh she um, for me it was oh she's smoking which I was eventually smoking but wasn't <laughs> when it wasn't when the rumors started they gave me the right. idea <laughs> Like, like, hey, like, okay, well, shoot, I might as well go roll it up. They think I'm smoking? All right, let me smoke then. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly, because that's exactly what was going on with me. Like, oh, I'm pregnant now, and I might as well go go out here and have sex. You know? I had no no knowledge about sex. I had no education about sex. Like, no one taught me about sex. The only thing that they taught us was like, oh, you have to wait until marriage. Mm. That's not realistic. That's not realistic at all. All Everything that's in the media is about sex. Everything that you see on TV was all about sex and music. Everything. Sex, 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 sex. But you can't educate me properly so I can be safe. So I don't get pregnant. All you're saying is don't bring a baby home. Don't get pregnant. Well, what what am I going to do with these hormones? Like, <laughs> Where am I going to put them? <laughs> <laughs> put them in the pocket and just forget about it. That's what, they want. That's what exactly what they want. My but hormones so don't right. have a condom. Right. You're so right. We have to sympathize with them more. Um, And actually, um, these past few years, I've had like family members that are teenagers and they're being brought out to be the problem. And the first thing that I say is, well, what's going on? Yes. What did you do? (laughs) As the the adult, what did you do? And then as an adult and what I'm learning into adulthood is that sometimes we got to step aside and realize that we are the issue. Yes, exactly. I think that, and I'm glad that this is changing now with our generation, but I think that the ability to, to step back, like you said, to reflect and to also be aware of the patterns that we need to change, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know about your culture, but the culture I grew up in, it was like the adult is the authority, authoritarian figure. They are always right. Um, you should always Same. trust them. And Same. So you'll never, I think we spoke about this in BK's episode, but you'll never hear a sorry. You'll ne- They'll never apologize for anything. And we got to change that. We got to. I think that if we as the adults show the teenagers, show the kids that we are human, we make mistakes, we can own it, we can apologize, we are setting a great example for them to be accountable in their own lives. Yeah, very much true. Mm-hmm. And the first adult that apologized to me, probably the only adult that apologized to me, especially like as a child, was my mom. Oh, she I would, she would apologize. I think I like, told I, you this on your episode. Uh, on your yeah, podcast. you did say I love you your mom. Did you love mom. <laughs> <laughs> and I love her too. She's like she's really, she's a really good person. Like I really do love my mom. Like she's a great, she's the greatest mom that I could ever expect to have. Like when I was off the Richter scale as a teenager, she never turned her back on me. No. You know, she may have said that she wanted me to leave, but she wasn't real serious about it. I would leave for like a couple of days or whatever, go to a friend house, and she'll be looking for me. A friend house? <laughs> what? No, not a friend. Not friend. Friend. Wait, what? friend No, I wasn't hanging at the frat houses. I was not hanging out. Nah, no, 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 no. I stayed. You know what? Even even as a young adult, I still stay. I still stayed away. Like no, no, no. Good. Well, yeah, but you know what? I I get a little bit jealous of um, girls, or especially girls who tell me, like, who grew up with single mothers, who tell me how close they are to their mom, and how they had like, you know, they had like this rough. I think mom and daughters always have a rough patch in their relationship, but now mm-hmm. they're closer than ever. I get a little bit 
bit jealous of that because um, I don't have that in my life. I've never had it, and mm. I'm never gonna have it. But I'm I'm not, I'm not so jealous anymore. I'm like I'm happy for you, and I love your mom. And you know, if she if she wants to send a slice of mama my way, I'll be happy to <laughs> <Yeah>. receive it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely let her know because like because like you said we definitely had a really rough patch. Mm-hmm. I definitely gave her a hell like every day for like 6 years almost. So probably longer than 6 years, but I definitely gave her hills on wheels. And like ever since I turned about 25 because our brain is fully developed at that age thank you, know? you. 25 and that's the year 25 yeah no it's true it's hell of a true that podcast i listened to said the exact same thing mm-hmm. um it's, it's 25 it's, like people gotta really take this into consideration when they're being so hard on these teenagers mm-hmm. and then one of my uncles and i had this conversation when we become adults and we have our own children i don't have any children but when we have our own children and we become adults some people forget what it is to be a child. Yes. You got to step back. They forget what it was when they were a teenager. You got to take that step back and reevaluate everything. Put yourself in their shoes again. Do you have your teenage diary? Did you I keep one? Do. I have I mine. Do. I have mine right here. Oh, oh, oh. This is my teenage diary. Oh, so cute, right? It is cute. <laughs> and I've got like, I've got like letters in it from, who is this? This is a letter I wrote to myself in 2002. I don't know Uh-oh. why I wrote myself a letter. I did. I used to do shit like this. This is a picture of me and my cousin. We, You know those corny photo boots? <laughs> <laughs> and- I love that. One day my, my friends were over and I just, I handed it to them because I'm very open with shit and they were reading it out and it was so hilarious. <laughs> Being a teenager, that's probably the best outlet is to have a journal or a diary because you have to get those emotions out. Yeah. Um, I actually was a poet for a hot little Me second. too! Oh my God! Me too! <laughs> spirits. We're kindred spirits. I told you that. I told you. And then like... Uh. And that was my way of being able to express myself without having to worry about the blowback. Like, oh, she's just, she's just acting out. That was the name. Oh, that was the main acting. thing. Oh, 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 she's acting out. She's just, she just, she wants just attention. wants attention. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I want somebody to just listen to me and understand me. Yeah. I want somebody to actually understand what's going on in my life right now. You know. And when did you come to that point of realizing, like, for me personally, I didn't realize what I was missing my whole life. Like, I thought it was love, but it wasn't love. I was loved. I was loved by everyone growing up. You know, love is love is easy to give, you know. Mm-hmm. But it took me a long time to realize that what I was lacking was acceptance and understanding. Mm. I think that might be a little bit for me. Acceptance is definitely something that... I- had to come with ter- come to terms with, uh, I didn't even come to terms with that until about 26, 27. That like, you were I, lacking I, I had it? To, yeah, I was definitely lacking it. And I definitely didn't accept anything. Like, I didn't accept the fact that the generations ahead of me just weren't educated on how to deal with teenagers. Mm-hmm. I didn't accept the fact that, like you said, this authoritative figure that, that whatever they say goes, I didn't accept that. 
you know, because in my head, it's like we're all individuals. We should respect each other, listen to each other and understand each other. So I didn't accept that until mm-hmm. 26, 27. Okay. I mean, w- what I meant was for me, I didn't, un- I didn't realize that I wasn't lacking love, but I was lacking the acceptance from the people around me. Oh, so, acceptance from the people around me. Yeah. So that's what I was saying. I for. definitely, there was definitely love there. Um, definitely lack understanding for sure. And moving on and letting things go. Yeah. Because even to this day, there's still people in my family that's like, well, what you post on Facebook? Is that about me? And I'm like, <laughs> bro, first of all, let me, let, let me let this, let me make this clear right now. Okay. Now I'm this super, I'm not super calm, but I'm like this cool and collect person these days and times. But there was a time where I would get on Facebook for nothing but drama. Mm-hmm. And I know how to, t- I knew how to tag people directly. And if I didn't <laughs> tag you directly, I would put your name in it if I couldn't tag you, you know, and I wouldn't, I know how to make direct comments and statuses because that's just how I was. Like, I wanted all the smoke. <laughs> I love it. I used, to, I used to choose violence all the time. <laughs> no, I loved it because it's direct and, and that's mm-hmm. so much better because, um, I still have members in my family till today who will do the passive aggressive thing, you know, and they'll play the status game. And then it'll be like grown ass woman putting status against status with no names and no mention and being like, um, God will punish you for blah, blah, blah. This is better than that. Blah, 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 blah. And you'll actually see the status wars going on and you'd be like, for fuck's sake, be a grown up, call them. (laughs) Be a grown-up. But maturity doesn't come with age. It really, really does not come with age. Like, honestly, it doesn't. Like, I was playing the status game with, um, I'll be honest, okay, with my mom for a long time. And uh, at one point, she blocked me from WhatsApp because I called her out on something. So she blocked me from WhatsApp. And um, after that, I was kind of like, what the fuck am I doing? I, I, I got really direct with her. I, I put all my shit down in a letter, which I spoke about in previous podcasts. And I, um, you know, I got all my shit directly out to her. And I was like, I'm not playing the status game ever again. And I'm not even like, no more texting to get my point across because that doesn't come across mm-hmm. either. Yeah, texting definitely doesn't help. No, you lose. You lose the dialogue over text, mm-hmm. you know. That's um, very true. Yeah, and and you know, I guess like you can misread tone, you can misread a lot of things. With te- yeah. with texting is definitely perception based for sure. Because mm. like if you are already in a bad mood and everything, even if it's a, a positive like text or something, you're gonna be like, "Are they trying to be shady?" You know, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so texts are normally perception based. Exactly. So Nova, again, I want to fast forward till now because I think we did get a lot of who you are right now and I'm loving it I'm loving the sense of self-awareness the sense of accountability and reflection in your life and you definitely are a mental health advocate I have to say that um but right now what is your relationship with like with your family and how do you identify with them I don't necessarily feel like the black sheep currently but I don't feel like the white sheep either. I'm definitely somewhere in the middle um, because I still get invited to like family functions. Well, 
we don't really have family functions because of COVID, but if there's like a small gathering or something, there are invites that go out. There are certain members of my family that um that I'm actually closer to that that I didn't realize that I would be at this okay. time. And I'm very grateful for those connections that I've made. Um what has really been hard for me these past few years is losing my father. Um, he passed last year in 2020 oh, from liver cancer. Then. Yeah. 2019 was really hard because when when I was growing up, I would see, like, my siblings on my father's side here and there. Like, family function, if they came into town and we'll have a dinner or something, or if they came over to my father's house, I would see them and everything like that. There are some siblings that I saw more than others. There's some siblings I didn't see at all. So hard to with, keep up with nine siblings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we're literally span over uh, four decades, 60s, 70s, uh, 60s, 70s, 90s. He didn't he doesn't have any children in the 80s. But yeah, 60s, 70s and the 90s. So um, I just like. It was really hard. I got to get my got to get back to the thought, but it was really hard for me to accept all of my siblings all at once. So like, uh oh, oh, I thought you froze. So, (laughs) so like, I was, I was pretty much overwhelmed with, you know, all of this love out of, out of nowhere because I know my siblings love me and I hope they know that I love them, but it was still just hard to adjust. So like, my expectations were not realistic at all because I should have treated it as like going into a new boyfriend or a girlfriend where I'm learning them all over again, trying to get to know them as an individual instead of bringing in, bringing in my past hurt or even what they didn't do or how they didn't act Mm -hmm. instead of looking at who they are as a person today. So it was pretty hard. Um, I'm pretty sure I probably strained a few relationships, but I'm not. I'm not even tripping anymore because I've already, I've already said my piece. I already said like, hey, if you want to have a relationship with me, we can have a relationship. But one thing I'm not going to do is be the only person fighting for a relationship. Hmm. Like, there's this thing. I don't know if if you guys have it in your culture, but like. For whatever reason, the older generation wants you to always call them. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. So at nine, 10 years old, I'm like, what am I going to talk to you about? You know, I don't have anything to talk to you about. And throughout life, I just always looked at that as part of their ego. And some people just don't know how to reciprocate. Mm. It's so... I'm just focusing on the relationships. Now I'm just focusing on the relationships that are being reciprocated. If it can be reciprocated, I'm not doing all of the work. That's that's stressful. It's too much. So are you saying that your sibling, your older siblings also expect that from you, that you call them first? Yes, most definitely. <laughs> really? Wow. Not all of them. I'm not going to say all of all, them. But some, I'm not going to yeah. say all of them. I guess there's yeah. a big age gap there, so they probably fall into that kind of a generation then, don't they? And I, I, I agree, it is not worth the effort. Unless you're my grandma, I'm not calling you first. <laughs> exactly. Unless it's an elder. Like, if you're an elder, 
I'll call you. Yeah. I'll reach out. But if we're we're, we're siblings. No. <laughs> like, not my siblings, no. One of my siblings. Yeah. <laughs> one of my siblings was like, had told me when I was a little girl, I was at this time, I turned 18 or I was at like 18 or something at this time. And they told me straight up, why you don't call me? And I was like, bro, you don't call me. Yeah, I love that. Like, it's a two-way street over here. Definitely. And then then I was always, always had this thought that, like, if you're an older sibling, you should take your younger siblings out. Because, I mean, on my mom's side, my brothers, we're locked in. Like, we're completely locked in. I don't have to worry about anything. Like, they would reach out. Like, well, we lived in the same household, so they would take us take us places, go to the movies, go to the mall, go to McDonald's, just, you know, just to have that sister brother connection going on. So like maybe in my mind that I always thought that, you know, since they did for me on my, on my mom's side, that my dad's, I would be the same way, Got you, but it wasn't, it wasn't. So, I mean, I think it's very interesting with siblings. Like, I don't have as many um, half-siblings as you do. Or, you know, I don't have... Most of us are from the same set of parents. uh, And we grew up together. Um, But I think that what is interesting about your siblings is that... And I think any family member is we tend to paint each other with a very specific color. And we stick to that color. And I like what you said earlier where you said you had to approach it like you were getting to know the individual all over again. I wish that as adults, we could go to our siblings and approach them that way and take those colors away because it's so hard to to uncolor them and to just see them as a whole human um, instead of what we what labels we attach mm-hmm. to them growing up. Because I know, I know that um, there's one brother I'm particularly close to and we talk, and I've gotten to know his entire human side. But uh, my other two brothers, one hardly talks, <laughs> and it's just his personality. And the other one just has major blockages, major, major blockages that I've given up trying to get to know. But I wish that we could all learn to get to know each other past what we knew growing up, because... I, I feel like with myself as well that a lot of the people, including my siblings, hold the same labels they did to me as a teenager to me right now as, you know, reckless behavior, mm-hmm. um, unable to commit to anything. P.S. Two marriages. I think that says I can commit to something. <laughs> <laughs> but no, McCain, I want to say a huge thank you for joining me today. Um, this was refreshing and thank you for speaking so openly about your family and your family dynamics and just so much of cross culture there that I just love you know across the worlds across the seas across uh, the oceans and the skin color but we still can connect on so many things right Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it yeah very Um, true so I Very want true. to end. Thank you for having me, Hannah. Like I could not wait to come and be a guest. <laughs> I definitely would love to have you again. Um, but I want to end with some shot fire questions to you, just to get to know Nova Kane a little bit more, the human behind you. So are you ready? Okay. 
Yeah, I just, I'm ready. I'm just waiting for this connection to stop lagging. <laughs> Fair enough. So the first question would be, what is your favorite food? I don't have one favorite food. I have like three. Fried chicken, sushi, and tacos. Ooh, I like the mix there. Like very cross different cultures there. <laughs> I like it. Um, because it's, for me, it's just one food group that is like my top favorite and that's Italian. Um, so the (laughs) (laughs) carbs, baby, give me all them carbs. (laughs) (laughs) And the next question is, what would you say is your biggest, like personality weakness for myself or for other people for yourself? I would definitely probably say my anger. Okay. Like my anger could get the best of me sometimes. And I just. I don't, I, I'm trying to learn how to work with it. I done did an anger management course before and I'm just, I don't know if it's the people that I'm angry with that makes it worse or if I just haven't figured it all out for myself. Have you listened to our podcast episode on anger? I have not yet. Give it a listen and let me know what you think. I got you. I got you. <laughs> I got you. What would you say is your best strength? My forgiveness. Oh. That's I nice. That's a, a that's a good combination. Quick to anger, quick to forgive. That's a balance right there. <laughs> and what is the one thing you cannot live without? Probably my little brother. Aw, I love that. I love when someone tells me yeah. it's a person. And I gotta stop saying my little brother because first of all, we only eighteen months apart. And I'm five foot one and he's six foot one. So he's not a little brother. He's just a younger brother. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And where can my audience find you? You can find me at Instagram, Super Wild Stays Hip. You can find me on TikTok at Supernova Super Wild or www.thebkspatio.com. And, you know, Maybe, maybe give us a little listen, yeah. Definitely, definitely do that. I love the chilled out vibe on your show. It's just, I love it. And you guys ask the best questions for sure. Well, uh, thanks so much. Oh my God, if that was me three years ago listening to this podcast, I would be sitting there thinking, oh my God, I wish I was as confident and comfortable being myself as these two are. I would have thought it's not even possible because of all the you know, all the things I've been through in my past. But look at it. Of course, it's possible. I did it. And so can you. And that's why I want to introduce to you a three month one on one intensive called free to be me for women who have been made to feel like the black sheep in their families growing up, helping you to release your family and society's expectations so that you can comfortably enjoy being yourself in all social settings, not just on the podcast, guys. So over the course of the three months we will uncover the core roots of the situations that need to be tackled we will discover the patterns that you need to address um, and release the blockages that are preventing you from letting go of other people's expectations it's a process guys but it's so worth it because then you're going to be able to freely and comfortably be yourself in front of anyone even your grandma or judgmental aunt and trust me we do have quite a few judgmental aunts don't we I will be there with you throughout every step of this journey. 
So we will have on-demand and live interactive lessons. We'll have one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions and Voxer access to help guide you through this transformation because sometimes we need someone in our corner rooting for us and pointing us in the right directions. If you truly feel like you're ready to release society and family expectations, you're at that point of your life where you are ready for the change and you feel like you need to do something different to get different results so that you can comfortably be yourself in any social setting, then please do DM me on Instagram and we can have a chat about it. Um, my handle is at BreakthroughThis on Instagram. So. These sessions are best designed for women who have already tried some methods of overcoming their social anxiety and releasing the expectations of others from their lives. So perhaps maybe you've tried therapy or you've read some self-help books or, you know, you're realizing now that you just need to do something different if you want different results. So some of these tried and tested results didn't work for you. You, some, you need something more personalized. Uh, so then free to be you is... Um, something that is different and might be what you need. So if this is you, this intensive will help you to release that never-ending feeling of not enoughness or maybe feeling broken because you don't fit into society's expectations or your family's expectations of who you should be. And instead you will find a sustainable happiness, creating a force field that protects your peace of mind. So whenever you need peace of mind, you can find it. Uh, you will also uncover the roots of your fear of letting people down. Finally, just being able to be comfortable and spend time with everyone from your best friend to your judgmental, judgmental grandma or aunt. <laughs> so I say you can comfortably be yourself with everyone, probably not going to always enjoy being with everyone. <laughs> um, so learn to, you'll also learn how to find peace of mind whenever you need it. And this enables us to face triggers calmly without being overwhelmed. So we're not ever in this journey and in anything that I work with, we're not ever trying to suppress our human emotions. We're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to be happy all the time. So notice I used the word sustainable happiness, not permanent happiness, because I do not believe that that's what you need or that's what anyone needs. But we will have the tools to bring about what we need when we need it. And you're also going to learn to spin comparinitis into motivation. So instead of always feeling afraid of um, other people's success or feeling like you need to hide away because you can never measure up to that, you'll be able to use other people's success as proof that greatness is possible for you too. Um, so yeah, if this resonates with you and if you feel like you are ready to release yourself from social expectations, then DM me on Instagram at BreakthroughThis. Currently, we only have four spots available in this program. Uh, so yeah, so DM me if you want to have a chat about it. It is not impossible, of course, for you to solve this problem on your own. I did it. But when I did try to do it on my own, I did spend a lot of years stuck in a mind trap and I found it hard to just, you know, drown out the voices in my head. I went for therapy, which of course you should do. Please go for therapy if you need therapy. And the first time I went into therapy for this exact situation, I was given some really helpful tools by my therapist to go away and learn how to use on my own. So she gave me the resources, she gave me like all these things to go and read and figure out how to do it on my own. 
Um, it was overwhelming and I honestly wish I had a coach back then to hold my hand through the process because it became very confusing. At that time, I was very oversensitive to every single social trigger and I felt like I couldn't figure out how to comfortably enjoy social situations. You know, there was a long period of time where I would just, I would simply hide away uh, and not just stay at home and not go out. And I'm not even an introvert by nature. Like that's not even me, but I was so anxious that I did not want to upset other people or be disappointed by other people and come home and have all these questions buzzing, buzzing in my mind. Um, and I didn't know how to use these tools properly that I would just end up avoiding the situation altogether. And I swear on my own, it took me roughly two years to reach a point of freely, comfortably and unapologetically just being myself uh, and being able to truly enjoy any social situation. So sometimes all we need is someone who has come out the other side to just take our hand and guide us to the other side, which is so amazing to be here, really. <laughs> I love it. So I'd love to hear from you if you feel like this resonates with you, if you feel like this is something that you need right now. Um, I do have to say that because I truly do want to help you overcome this, I will be turning down people if they are not 100% ready for this transformation. So it's not like I'm going to get you on, on a DM and try to close the sale with you. That's not what's going to happen. Um, if you are not ready for this transformation, if it's something that you, you know is not for you once we have a little conversation, I will point you in a direction of groundwork that may help you to build a foundation you will need to enter my program and yeah so free to be me um, is available for just four spots at the moment because I want to give you my full attention as my clients and I am just a one-man team at the moment so you can dm me at breakthrough this and if you feel like like I said if you feel ready if you feel like you want to have a chat about it you know where I am instagram at break me breakthrough this <laughs> all one word as instagram handles are so before we go, <clears throat> oh, before we go, I would like you to sit back for a minute and just picture this, right? Oh, if you're driving, please don't do this. By the way, I guess we have to just <laughs> be aware where you are when you're listening to this podcast. Um, but yeah, let's sit back and think about this. You walk out of a dinner party with a big group of friends. Instead of going home, and thinking about all the things you could have done differently or wondering if they actually liked you and tossing and turning in your bed uh, or being restless and not being able to go to bed. Imagine just being able to come home, hang your coat up, take your shoes off, switch on Netflix, chill out and smile to yourself as you unwind from what was a fabulous and great night out. Imagine if you accidentally became angry or snapped at your brother or your sister or your mom Instead of fumbling an apology and feeling like the worst person in the world, you can sincerely apologize, say you had a human moment, and are able to truly get past it and enjoy the rest of your time together without overanalyzing the situation. Imagine if your boss calls you in for an annual review at work. You have the usual anxiety that anyone would, because you know what? We are human. You hope that your boss recognizes your efforts, but you're worried that he is going to just shred you to pieces. 
Instead of walking away from the situation, focusing on the one negative thing that your boss said, you could walk away feeling confident that that one little criticism was feedback that you could easily work on and you're just glad your boss actually saw the effort that you've been putting into this project. These are actual transformations that have happened in my own life. So, on a final note, I just want to say that my fear of not enoughness left me feeling deeply wounded and unlovable. And I came out of the darkness, I felt overwhelmed, I felt confused about the triggers that kept coming up as I was healing. And I would also deeply compare myself to others as never being as good as so-and-so because my past would, it would never allow me to be that good. And today, I'm an entirely different human being. You know, I have a group of friends who I deeply love and I'm entirely confident that they love and accept me too. And you know what? I didn't go out and find new friends. These are the same group of friends that I was insecure around to begin with. Like I have actual Facebook, Facebook, <laughs> FB or Facebook conversations with other people discussing my insecurities with some of my friends. Um, but yes, like I said, I, I did not change my friendship group. But I also, I think another thing that is just such a big transformation in my life right now is that I'm also able to get along with family members that I couldn't be around before. Full disclosure, of course, there are still some family members that I refuse to get along with, but that, I think that's just normal and we need to choose what which relationships are worth it and which ones we need to walk away from. That's a whole other podcast, right? <laughs> um, but the people around me did not change. The situations I was in did not change. I did not change who I am, not the core of who I am. All I did was look within myself, face the things that were difficult to face, and I came out the other side. The ultimate change is within us, and I would love to help you take your hand and show you the other side of holding on to other people's expectations of who you should be. So leaving you with that, I hope to see you on next week's episode where we do have the amazing BK from the BK Spades podcast and we will deep dive into his experience of feeling like living, of, of actually living up to people's, ex, not living up to people's expectations and what that felt like for him. So join us next week for that episode and I'll see you all soon. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>